Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the mighty Jesus. Emmanuel. 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 I greet you all in the name of the Lord. And I welcome you to his presence today. In the presence of God is fullness of joy. In his presence, there's abundance of his grace. In God's presence, there's all you ever desire or require for him here and now. May the joy of the Lord never depart from you. May the peace of God never depart from your life. Good morning to you all. Shall we put our hands together and clap for the Lord Jesus? Amen. 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 In our hearts, we are made to be like Jesus Christ. We are created to be like him. And in order to live like him, we must put on the new man who is renewed in mind, in knowledge, wisdom, and power according to the image of him who created him. To do this is by renewing our mind with the word of God and submitting our body to the authority of the world. And I want to believe that is why we are all here today. That is why we are here today. May you be renewed in mind. May you be renewed in knowledge, in wisdom, and power. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. From the inception of time, the beginning of the world, man had been clamoring for freedom. Freedom to be wiser, to be greater, and all-knowing. But yet, man is still man. And the struggle, the fight to be free, continues so we see in our lives in our immediate homes our communities nations and even continents many have been struggling to get out of their desperate situations to be free from their bad habits but they do not know how to go about it so they are chained. Today we see children struggling to be free from the supposedly overprotective hands of their parents. Wives struggling to be free from the domineering spirit of the husband. So also husbands struggling to be free from the possessive nature of the wife. In institutions, organizations, and even nations, 
Freedom. Freedom. Freedom, freedom is what everyone cries. The quest for freedom brought us out from where God has placed us in his abode to where we are today. Living a life that does not have rules and standards. A life that keeps us swallowing in sin, unable to identify our roots. But what does it mean to be free? What does it really mean to be free? There was this wonderful conversation between our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the presumed children of Abraham in the book of John 8, verse 32 to 36. He said to them, You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they answered him and said, But we are descendants of Abraham, and we have never been slaves to anyone. How then do you say we shall be free? Then Christ replied and said to them, Truly I tell you, everyone who sinned is a slave to sin. Everyone who sin is a slave to sin. And a slave have no permanent place in the family. But the son belongs to it forever. So if the son set you free, you are free indeed. If the son of God set you free, you are free forever. Say to your neighbor, if the son set you free, you are free. If the son of God set you free, you are free indeed. Say to the viewers... If God's son set you free, you are free forever. There is no freedom without you being set free from he who gives freedom. What does it really mean to be free? Freedom means when you are no longer under the control, the captivity of Satan. And as a child of God, this can only happen. When the Holy Spirit takes up residence within you. For when the Holy Spirit takes up residence within you, it does so with the thought of aiding you in developing a holy character. When the Holy Spirit takes up residence within you, he does so with the thought of aiding you in developing a holy character. That Satan used in destroying people's lives today is sin. Because it does nothing without sin. Satan rules the world through sin. He kills, steals, and destroys through sin. And if you can keep a person sinning in the quest for freedom that, don't, that does not come with rules and standards, it has a greater chance over the person's life. If Satan can keep you sinning, for freedom that does not come with rules and standards it has a greater chance over your life the bible said that no one can say no to sin unless he is guided by the holy spirit nobody can say no to wrongdoings unless he's guided by the holy spirit for the holy spirit prompt the conscience to accuse 
and to open your eyes to see how sinful you are how wrong your sins are and that is the case of King Abimelech in his encounter with Abraham in that book of Genesis 20 verse 6 the Holy Spirit prompted his conscience and he saw how wrong his intention was as a child of it began to weep for a way out as a child of God he began to look for a way out he was in trouble he was worried with self-examination all he could see before him was the fruit of sin which is failure disappointment and the lights Peter was in a similar situation when he denied Christ when his conscience began to accuse him he saw how wrong his intention was the Bible says he went out he ran out and wept in regret and repentance for his action and the psalmist in the book of Psalm 51 verse 3 says I knew my transgression and my sin is always before me that is a word from a contrite heart the Lord will not despise I know my sin my transgressions is always before me with self-examination you discover you have sinned against God today you should be worried you should be troubled and be eager to be forgiven because God has proven himself to be a faithful God he has revealed himself to be a merciful God and he can never disconnect himself with those who make mistakes with their lives God will never disconnect himself with those who make mistakes with their lives but all these cannot be said of the children of devil we cannot say this of the children of devil for when the evil spirit takes up residence within his people it does so with the aim the intent of aiding them in developing an evil character When the evil spirit takes up residence within his people, he does so with the aim, thought, of aiding them in developing an evil character. And that we saw in Judas Iscariot. A man who justifies his wrongdoing asks himself wrong questions. justifies his sin always asks himself wrong questions the Holy Spirit of humility must forgive your pride before you can be humble so also that of love must forgive your hatred before you can love whatever takes up residence within you today determines the life you will live whatever that might have taken residence within you in the past determines the life you have been living because the Bible says that who, whatsoever you yield yourself to obey, that is who servant you are. Whatsoever you yield yourself to obey, that 
that is whose servant you are. In the Bible, Satan is referred to as father of lies. He is a liar, a killer, a destroyer. So if he kills today, you are doing your father's job. He's the author of killing. You tell lies, you are speaking your father's language. He is destroyer of lies. You covert, you steal, you are doing your father's business. Because his pains, his agonies, are thieves of joy. They are thieves of comfort, peace, time and effort. So my brethren, the Bible in the book of John 10 verses 10 says, that Satan has come to kill, to steal and to destroy. But the Son of God came that you may have life and have it to the fullest. Jesus came that you may have life and have it in abundance. Making his word a standard for your life today is a sure way to peace and comfort. Making God's word a standard for your life today is the way to good life. Making the word of God a standard for your life today, here comes the freedom that does not come with might and power. And this will bring us to our message today. Your true identity. Stay to your neighbor your true identity. Your true identity. What is your true identity? Whose image do you bear? Our proof tests have been taken from the book of Jeremiah 1 verse 5. Here I believe there is no greater identity anyone or a child of God can desire than this. So do open with me to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1 verse 5. Are we there? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. God is speaking to you. Say to someone, God is speaking to you. Say to your neighbor, God is speaking to you. Say to the viewers, God is speaking to you. He said, before he formed you in the womb, he knew you. And before you were born, he set you apart. How do you feel about this? Ask someone, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about this? Ask your neighbor, say, how do you feel about this? Ask the viewers, how do you feel about this? Then ask me, how do I feel about that? I feel good. I feel great. I am honored. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart, says the Lord. What can you say about this? Ask someone, say, what can you say about this? What can you say about this? Then ask me. What can I say about this? <laughs> I am a stakeholder in God's project. Say to someone, you are a stakeholder in God's project. 
I am a stakeholder in God's project. God made it so, and the devil is aware, and he will stop at nothing and obstructing that. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart for a specific task. A clear role, no contradiction. You are set apart for success. You are set apart for breakthrough. You are set apart for victory. That is the word of God. It means in the mind of God you are a victor. In his mind you are a warrior. In the mind of God you are a conqueror. In his mind you are an overcomer. You are a stakeholder in God's project. The Bible in the book of Genesis 1 verses 27 and 28 says, God made mankind in his image. In the image of God he created them male and female. In the book of Acts of Apostles 17 verse 28, the word of God says, that in God you live, move, and have your being, you are his offspring. And in the book of 2 Corinthians 6 verse 16, God's word asks, it says, what agreement is there between the temple of God and idol? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idol? You are the temple of the living God. Say, I am the temple of the living God. The temple of the living God. Say, I am the temple of the living God. And as God said, He said, He will live in you, He will walk among you, He will be your God, and you will be His people. You are a stakeholder in His project. Say, You are a stakeholder in His project. I am a stakeholder in God's project. have carved a name for themselves through hard work, dedication, commitment, love for humanity, or otherwise, and put their foot down the soul of time. And by their antecedents, we can say we know them, that is their identity. So we see in appearance, how people look on the outside, how men look on the outside, their mode of dressing, their hair to haircut, kind of colors they are attached to, and we can say that is the identity. So also in institutions, organizations, we see different kinds of sign emblems, big cathedrals, big bells. All kinds of wonderful activities going in in there and we can say we know them that is the identity but all these are human knowledge they are human knowledge which can only tell how many looks on the outside but only God knows what they are within for judgment by heart God judgment by heart. 
You as a child of God, there is no greater identity than you being made in the image and likeness of God. The Bible says you are like unto God. But if you are to be judged on the inside today, with all rules and standards, will you not be found wanting? Ask your neighbor if you are to be judged on the inside today. Speak louder, please. If you are to be judged on the inside today, will you not be found wanting? Whose image do you bear? What is your true identity? A mistaken judgment of character. We often make a mistaken judgment of character. But God looks at the heart. He looks at the hearts of men. He values holy faith, love, fruit of the spirit, which is planted in the heart of man beyond human discernment. You may profess to be a Christian. You can read your Bible, pray, and think all day, but you have to also live in the world. You have to live in the world. The world has to become part of you, or else you miss the point. You miss the standard, the mark. It is God's word dwelling inside of you, which is equivalent to Christ's personality being in you. The word of God dwelling inside of you is equivalent to Christ's personality being in you. God's word dominating you is the lordship of Christ in you. Say to someone, Christ give beings to his word. Christ give beings to his word. Every word of God is sure and therefore pure. Letting the world have the right of way in you is letting Christ have the right of way in you. Because God is building himself into us. Making himself part of us. As the spirit, the world dominates, rules and sanctifies our spirit nature. Our God is a God of purpose. My God is a God of purpose. For everything he created, there's a divine purpose for it. And you are not an exception. You are a stakeholder in his project. Just imagine if every part of your body were eyes here and there. Or ears here and there. What would be the usefulness of it? What would be the usefulness of it? Every part of your body were eyes. What would be the effectiveness of it without others members complementing? Or if it were all day and no night at all? It's just day, no night, or night without day. What would it become of you, man? 
What will become of you? You will continue to plunder on your way for quest of freedom that does not come with rules and standards. Who knows what would have happened if it were all men and no women, or all women and no men. Our God is a God of purpose. For everything he created, he has a divine purpose for it, a clear assignment for it. You know, God's intention for creating the world and everything therein is for us to live in a lovely community, a wonderful life, peaceful community. But he, God, also watches as man, women, those he made in his image, disobeyed him, dishonor themselves, and destroy each other with lies. Anger, unforgiving spirit, intimidation, persecution. God watches as those he made in his image, pulled away from him, breaking the bonds of love each day and going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into sin. It would have been easy for him to fall into despair. Why not? It would have been easy for God to keep on complaining, apportioning blames. Or simply look away from the ugly and hateful spirits. Those he has created has become. But no, he responded with love. Say to someone he responded with love. God responded with love. He provided a solution. Say to someone, God provided a solution. Bridging the gap between him and his wayward creation. You and I. I feel loved by this. I have sense of belonging by this. I feel loved by this. And the Bible in the book of John 3 verse 16 says it all. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him shall not die but have everlasting life. It says, God so loved you that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not die but have eternal life. What a God we worship. What a song we praise and what a future lies before us. God demands. That you are rescued. Love demands that you are given another chance. Love demands that you have a new beginning. It demands that you are forgiven. You should also feel loved by this. For there is no greater love than what God has given to you.
about this how do you feel about this I feel good thank you Jesus thank you Jesus maybe seated many a times many of us may be wondering why are we here why are we where we are why are we in this community? Question upon question. But even as you ask yourself those questions, remember that you are not only made in the image and likeness of God, but you are also to live in a community. God made you to live in a community. For it is in the community that you will manifest the image of God in you. And that is in form of love. Faithfulness. Goodness. Patience. Self-control. And the likes. Which the Bible refers to 
as the fruit of the Spirit. You are in the image of God today. You in the image of God. What positive impact are you making in your life? How do I mean? How do you care for this temple in which God lives? Which impact are you making in your immediate home, in your community, in your nations to change the wrong you see? Or have you subjected yourself to condemnation? To persecution? Slanderous remarks? Without making any difference to change the wrong you see? You know what? Devil will always tell you, you have the right to point accusing fingers. It is your right to accuse everyone before you. But you know what the Bible urges you to do? The Bible encourages you. It says, first take over the plank in your own eyes. Take the plank off your eyes so that you'll be able to see clearly as to remove the standards from your brother's eye. Whose image do you bear? What is your true identity? The Bible says in the book of Titus 2, verse 7, it says in everything, set them an example by doing what is right, what is good, what is pure, what is admirable, noble. And you will see how a little example can make a big influence. Turn with me to the book of Mark. Mark 12. Mark 12 from verse 41 to 44. I read. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Amen. Amen. We all desire a successful life, isn't it? We desire a good life. But you know it, you must learn how to plant. To have a successful life, you must learn how to plant. To enjoy a successful life, you must learn how to plant without holding back. What makes the action of this poor widow an example of sacrificial giving? It is because she understood the principle of unlimited love and faith. She was exalted far above the wealthy in the society because of her current condition. Her giving attitude reflected 
the disposition of her heart before God. And that was accorded to her as righteousness. God judged men by heart. Not by appearance. Not by what you profess. Not by your status. It judged men by the heart. It is worthy for us to give, not only to our abilities, but beyond us. And this can only be done in the community. This can only be done in the community because Jesus has eyes on them. Works of charity, holiness, righteousness goes together. Even as sad, watching those rich people going to put out of their wealth. So he takes cognizance of that poor widow. Her little effort. Meaning that God, Christ, takes record of your little effort if they are done in the proper attitude. Without the image of God in you being tasted at that of the poor widow. The image of Christ in you, without it being tested like that of the poor widow. Or you don't believe her case was a temptation. It was a big one. Without the image of God in you being tested like that of Job, Anna, Leah, and the rest of others. The genuineness of your experience cannot be determined. It is not enough for you to say, I'm a child of God, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian. I mirror Jesus Christ to my lifetime from him. Those confessions must be tested in real situations. Or else, they will remain a suspect. Your confession has to be tested in real situations. And what do I mean by that? When you are in face-to-face with temptations in form of money, power, authority. When you are in face-to-face with temptation in form of morals, power to do justice and goodwill. And you came out without your hand being soiled. God must create a new heart in you. You must be renewed in mind, in knowledge, wisdom, and power according to the image of him who created you. A child of God is an image bearer of God. That is your identity. Your true identity. And you must not allow your emotions to overrule your reasonings. Those who are God's children walk in the way of the Lord. So whoever and whatever you confess to be today before God must be tested by biblical criteriums, rules and standards. I want us to take the last Bible verse. Open with me to the book of Psalm. The book of Psalm 25.
Psalm 25. Verses 4 and 5. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are my God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. As a child of God with an image or an identity of Christ Jesus in you, you know that Christ has put Satan and his kingdom under your feet. He put Satan and his kingdom under your feet. You are considered by God himself and Satan as a victor. You've been liberated. You have authority, you have power because God is supporting your position. So you can boldly speak of God's language. Just as the unbeliever talks of their fears, their doubts. If God is for you, who can be against you? If God Almighty is for you, who can be against you? If God is for his people, who can be against them? Nobody. Because you know what follows. Every mountain for your sake will be leveled. Every plane will disappear. Every mountain for your sake will be leveled. The hills will become plain. And the storm shall be calm in Jesus' name. The storm shall be calm in Jesus' name. The storm shall be calm in Jesus' name. That should be your confession. As you stand before the world and your adversaries, you should be bold to talk about God's world. You are an overcomer. You have overcome Satan. You have been set free by he who gives freedom. Believe in God's word. Confess that word every other day. And do not change your confession. Say to somebody, don't change your confession every other day. Do not change your confession every other day. Say it is well with me. It is well with me. It is well with my life. It is well with my home. It is well with my career. It is well with my family. It is well with my ministry. The Bible says that those who overcome devil do so by the blood of the Lamb and the words of their testimonies. Every time that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ have done, all he went through was for our good. It's for us. And we are partakers of his victory. We are partakers of his joy. We are partakers of his peace. And so, my brethren, this should be your testimony, your true identity. I pray the word of God abides in you. And you abide in it in Jesus' name. God bless you.